Do I look fat? Welcome to the Do I Look Fat podcast. It's your host, Steffi Kiss. It's just me and you this week, guys. It has been such a long time since I've hosted a solo episode, and I felt like right now was the perfect time to do so. Anyone who's new to my show, I am from New York City, and honestly, we have been through it. From being the epicenter of COVID to the protests against police brutality, This year has been a tough one to say the least. And honestly, it's not even just this past year. I want to say the past 90 days has been ridiculous. On May 25th, a man by the name of George Floyd was murdered in Minneapolis, Minnesota by police officers. It has turned the country upside down. And I know you guys are like, okay, so this is the Do I Look Fat podcast. Why in the world are we talking about George Floyd? Guys, at the end of the day, this is my platform. And I just felt like I couldn't have an episode and not mention what is the cause of everything that's going on. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that George Floyd was the end-all be-all and that's why everything is going on. He was the last straw on the camel's back, honestly. If you are a New Yorker or if you are just an American, you know that we have had a problem with police brutality and the injustices that the Black community faces for years, decades, centuries at this point. This past Sunday for me, I was in a really bad place mentally. After seeing all of the hateful and horrendous things being done to these peaceful protesters, it really took a toll on my soul. I literally could not make it out of bed. I didn't want to eat. All I wanted to do was stay in my room with the door closed, shades drawn, Ethan watching whatever he was watching on TV, and just cuddle up with him on the bed. I was in such a bad mood and not even like I had an attitude or I was upset at something that made me angry. Now, while yes, that is an emotion that I felt while watching these videos, it was more so it took a toll on my soul. What's going on in society can definitely affect your mood, your body, and your overall health. And as a podcast that focuses on body positivity, self-acceptance, mental health, because honestly, body positivity and self-acceptance is a part of mental health. I'm not going into the games that I usually play in the beginning of my episodes. There will not be any random questions, but I just feel like this episode will give you more of an insight of who I am as a person than any of those questions ever could have. So like I said, all of these things that you intake on a daily basis can actually affect your mood and your overall health and well-being. So this week on the Eat Your Heart Out segment, I wanted to do things a little bit different. 
From VeryWellMind.com, I found an article titled, How to Boost Your Mood with Food. As I said, this has been a very stressful time, and the nutrients, or lack thereof, can make a huge impact on how you feel. And I wanted to give you guys just a few suggestions to get you through this time. Anything that we can do to make our moods feel better, just to feel better overall, is is what I want to promote. So, here are the suggestions. Foods rich in omega-3 fatty acids like salmon, chia seeds, and walnuts are linked to brain function. A study also found a link to people with omega-3 deficiencies were prone to depressive symptoms. Another tip they give you is to pump up on the probiotics like yogurt and miso. Research has come out that the bacteria in your gut actually sends and receives signals to the brain, so we want to make sure that that's well balanced. I mean, think about it. When people suffer from things like GERD and other digestive issues, imagine having a stomach ache all day or imagine having like diarrhea (laughs) all day or just that feeling. I can only imagine what kind of mood that would put you in. The way you feel so uncomfortable all the time. And that actually might be linked to this bacteria in your gut that sends and receives signals to your brain. So being well balanced and having the proper gut bacteria is definitely important, I would think. Another tip is to reach for the whole grains as whole grains are vital in brain health. Now, if we don't want to talk about just like random Italian bread or pastas and things like that. No, we're talking about whole grains. So like steel-cut oats, brown rice, quinoa, things like that. I'm sure the sugar that the carbohydrates break down to have a lot to do with deterring these depressive symptoms. But also, when you eat better and you eat cleaner at least in my experience, it just helps you feel better overall. Another tip that was given was to have a regular nutritious breakfast. Eating regularly on a set schedule definitely helps me with my depression. I don't know about you, but like I said earlier, when I'm depressed, I can literally stay in my bed all day. And now guys, I am a cancer. I am a crabby little bitch. I can crawl into my hole or in my home and stay here for days. And this is pre-quarantine. Like, me and my child, we were built for this shit. It's not a necessity for us to leave the house if we don't have to. But when I get in my in my bag, <laughs> when I get depressed or if I get low or I feel moody, I can literally sleep all day. Nothing will make me get out of that bed. I don't have to eat. I don't have to drink anything. I don't even have to turn on the light or a TV. I can literally just be on my bed as long as I have my phone or music. I can stay there all day. And I feel like for me, when I force myself to get up, it does lift my mood. 
So having a schedule. Some people don't like breakfast. Some people don't like eating food in the morning. I'm one of those people. I don't have to eat breakfast every day. I really truly don't, which is why intermittent fasting works so well for me as a diet plan or as a meal plan or as a schedule because I don't eat breakfast. It's not required for me to sustain my life whatsoever. So I can only imagine, you know, having a regular, because that's the key word here, having a regular nutritious breakfast can help you boost your mood. Other things that they said were load up on your leafy greens, which are high in vitamin B. Again, all of these things promote brain function. Foods with vitamin D, like cheese, egg yolks, and dairy, will definitely boost your mood. Vitamin D, you know, the sunshine vitamin, is so vital. Like, I don't want to sound redundant, but vitamin D is so vital that they've literally found that people with vitamin D deficiencies can go through seasonal depression in the winter months, especially in the Northeast, like New York City. There are times in the winter where I get to work and the sun is literally just rising at 7, 30, 8 o'clock. And by the time I leave at 5, the sun has set. I literally get no real sunlight Monday through Friday in the winter. And as a summer baby, that is depressing to me. I know I suffer from seasonal depression. I don't like the cold. I don't like the fact that I don't get any sunlight. I literally get pale and sickly looking. Like it's not, I was not meant to live in New York. I just wasn't. My body was meant to be somewhere warm where I can absorb all of the vitamin D that I need. Maybe that's why I love cheese so much, to be honest. It's probably my body telling me like, yo, bitch, you're not getting any sun. So I'm going to need you to eat this, you know, medium pizza pie by yourself because you need all that cheese. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you know, I've definitely eaten a medium pizza pie all by myself. Not in one sitting, but definitely finished one on my own. Vitamin D is so important. And I don't think people understand how important it is. The last tip that they gave you is to drink caffeine in moderation because it releases dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter that helps us feel pleasure. I'm not a coffee drinker. Well, let me not say that. I am not a regular coffee drinker. I don't make cafe bustelo. I have to only drink lattes and I need my milk, hence the vitamin D. I cannot drink coffee black. I cannot drink coffee without sugar. I cannot drink coffee without sweetener. I cannot drink coffee without something to make it not taste like coffee. I don't understand how something that smells so good can taste so bad. I never understood that growing up. And the fact that everyone I knew drank about six to seven cups of coffee a day. Like they loved coffee. A lot of people love coffee. And I just... I. I drink coffee when I need a pick-me-up, honestly. This morning, actually, at work, shout out to Harlem. He actually had 
gifted me some coffee in the morning and I needed four shots of espresso. I don't even understand how that makes any sense, but I needed it. And it helped me feel so much better. But once that crash came, bruh, that crash, I don't understand why people do it to themselves. I guess that's what people could say about any type of drug or any type of addicting chemical that people intake. But drinking coffee for me is just not the wave. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, girl, you're bugging. But I just never wanted to become addicted to it, quite honestly. Hey guys, so this week for the Heart on My Sleeve segment of the podcast, I just wanted to do, I wanted to expand it a little bit. Um, This segment of the podcast is where I want to be the most transparent, the most vulnerable about not just my fitness journey and my road to self-acceptance and body positivity, but also in other aspects of my life as well. I want to share something with you that I'm very passionate about and it actually goes perfectly with this episode because basically with everything that's going on, um, I just wanted to share with you an open letter that I wrote um, after I was in bed all of Sunday morning and most of the day after watching all of the footage on social media from the protests over the weekend where the cops were just doing the fucking most and being disgusting and it just it it took me to a place it really did um it really did affect me I can say that so I just want to share with you the open letter that I wrote that I shared on my social media um I hope you enjoy it I am writing this with a heavy heart. As some of you may know, I am not one to follow the local, national, or global news, as it can be sad and depressing on a normal day. But with the world finally waking up to the injustices the Black community faces on a day-to-day basis, I felt the need to tune in today. Honestly, I wasn't going to write this, nor was I going to make a statement As a 34-year-old Dominican and Puerto Rican woman from the Bronx, I assume my position was clear. However, the silence of my community has been deafening. The fact that I have seen some of my friends, family, co-workers, associates, and even followers provide more compassion and empathy for other causes like hashtag end poverty, hashtag play for Paris, hashtag blue for Sedan, but you have nothing to say regarding the injustices you've probably seen most of your life? The fact that black men and women are scared every single day, not only for their own lives and safety, but for the lives of their entire family is beyond unacceptable. These are human beings just like you and I. Police brutality is not new. I remember being 13 when Amadou Diallo was murdered. I remember being scared and confused, which looking back as a lighter skinned Hispanic, I now know I had privilege. I know the disgusting and hurtful and hateful 
human beings that put on that uniform probably wouldn't bother me or my redheaded child, and yet I am still petrified. I am scared for my black friends. I am scared for my black family members. I am scared for every single black individual who has to say a prayer or affirmation before they cross the threshold of their home. At this point, all I can do is show my support and actively try to break down the inherent racism in my own family and community. So I say all of that to say this. I am now speaking to my Hispanic brothers and sisters. Whether you are Afro Latinx or white passing, change has to start with us. Stop promoting hate. Stop saying racially motivated things in jest. Stop acting like we don't hate on one another based off of complexion. That shit is hurtful and damaging and is the underlying cause of a lot of the bullshit we see on a day-to-day basis in America. Regardless whether you believe it or not, the black community is our community. These black men and women are more our family than Captain John Smith, I promise you. Hate has been a disease that has been running rampant on this continent for centuries. It's far worse than HIV, AIDS, and COVID combined. And honestly, we are the only cure. How, do you ask? Well, you can start by when you see a Black person walk into your establishment, you don't automatically assume they are there to start trouble. Or maybe you can stop assuming that Black culture is a bad influence. Or you can stop telling your children not to date Morenos. Or even if you want to be a tad more active, if you see a Black person being stopped and questioned by a police officer, just stick around to be sure that that person gets to walk away unharmed. I am begging my Hispanic community to step out of their bubble and see the bigger picture. This fight is our fight, and it should be supported like you support La Patria. We have to band together. It's the only humane thing to do. Stay safe. Stay healthy. This is Signed with Love. Steffi Kiss. Okay, so that was my letter. It took a lot out of me to write that. Um, I have always felt as if I was, <laughs> it's a bad phrase, the black sheep of the family, where I always had a little bit more compassion for the black community. So after this letter, I felt the need to talk to my Latinx, Hispanic, Latino community and just speak to you guys. It's really felt as if 
you don't identify yourselves as being black. And that bothers me. It bothers me because, okay, maybe you're not of a darker complexion. Maybe, you know, I'm Dominican, La Patria, all of that. That's cool. Love who you are. Love yourself. Love your ethnicity, your nationality. That's amazing. But just because something isn't happening to you doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Or if something, or if just because you grew up thinking a certain type of way, it doesn't mean that that's the way to think. It doesn't mean that that's the way to conduct yourself. There's a lot, there's been racism all over the world. There's racism in the Hispanic community all the time. I remember when Ethan was born, my son is very fair skinned freckles and red hair but his hair happens to be a 4a for anybody who knows what that means when he was born we took him to see our his family in dominican republic his father's side and i remember being so upset because all everyone ever said to me was oh my god mira blanco y rubio blanco y rubio blanco y rubio Oh my God, he's so beautiful. Blanco y rubio. That's all anybody would say. And for a little translation, that basically means, oh my God, look at your white baby with blonde hair. What? So are you telling me that my son is only cute because he's white with blonde hair? Are you telling me that if he came out looking like his grandfather, who is darker skinned with dark complexion, that he wouldn't be a cute baby? That's really all it felt like. And I remember expressing this to my son's father. And he was just like, no, that's just how it is over here. You know, um, people who are lighter skinned are seen to be more prominent figures because they're not out in the street all day, you know, getting vitamin D. (laughs) So it looks better in these communities for people to have vitamin D deficiencies than to be one with their country. It, it, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I found this article on amnesty.org and it basically gives you seven tips on how to tell someone you love that they are racist. And I wanted to share it with you guys. Tip number one. Use I statement. Now, what that means is use I statements instead of accusing. So now, I know you may want to say, you know what, Jahira? You're really a racist piece of shit. But you should probably steer clear from that. Maybe something along the lines of, you know what, Jahira? I feel like what you're doing can be construed as racist. I feel like that comment you said, it wasn't a good look, girl. Or I feel like you shouldn't judge somebody based on the color of their skin, no matter their ethnicity or nationality. Tip number two, clarify their stance. 
So basically, this is like trying to figure out exactly what they're saying. It's almost like intent versus impact. Sometimes we as humans, we can't see past ourselves and how we perceive words or actions. So you may not have intended to say something outlandishly racist, but the impact of your words tells a different story. Talk to your loved one and find out exactly what they were trying to say before going off on them. Maybe they weren't talking about the color of somebody's skin as in a negative way. A lot of people grew up pointing out complexions. Like that is how, especially in the Latinx community, that is how people are not so much classified, but it's used in descriptive manners. So it'll be like, oh yeah, you know that girl down the block, the light skin, the light skin girl, or you know the girl, the, the trienia over there, which basically means tan. Tip number three, talk to them quietly. It's a crazy time and literally everyone is on 10 and ready to turn up. So if you have a family member who is making comments about the Black Lives Matter movement or the Black community in general or something that just doesn't sit well with your soul, If you love this person and you care about this individual, take some time to take a breath, relax, count to 10, maybe walk away for a half an hour, call your friend to vent before speaking to your loved one and try to speak calmly and not in a condescending manner. And that's honestly my problem. I have mastered the art. I have mastered the art of speaking cool, calm, and collected with somebody, but being extremely condescending. And it's something I need to work on within myself, especially when it comes to topics such as these, which hit so close to home for me. When you're passionate about something, especially something as important as race or racism, it's hard to keep a calm head when talking to someone who you find doesn't have the same stance as you. Tip number four, try to get them to walk in other shoes. So rather than pointing out fact after fact after fact of the subject, you can try to get them to look at it from an angle as if it were them. Try to have them imagine themselves in the Black community. Try to have them imagine themselves being scared of police officers just because of the color of my skin, not because of whatever action you may be doing, but literally walking out your house, going to the store to buy whatever, and you're scared that you don't know what might happen to you once you leave your home. 
Tip number five. A little empathy can go a long way. Be careful you're not being aggressive. Again, this is hard. It's difficult to see someone being a racist asshole and not treat them like shit. It's difficult to see someone blatantly ignoring everything that's going on in the world and not treat them like a piece of shit. It's difficult to have someone you love share the the ideologies of, you know, these white supremacist assholes or MAGA or even fucking Cheeto Trump. Like, it's hard to talk to these people and not be aggressive. But if you truly care about the person you're trying to talk to, You should try to hear them out and remain calm. If this person truly loves you as well, then they'll sit down and and they'll listen. They may not agree with everything you have to say, and they probably won't agree with most of the things you have to say. But all we can do is try. Number six, listen to their perspective. As terrible as their views may seem, if you don't give people the respect of listening to their views, then there's little chance they'll do the same for you. Try to find out why they feel the way they do. Maybe it's be- maybe it's something as simple as, this is how I grew up. Maybe it's something as simple as, I'm not as educated on the subject as I thought I was. You love this person for some reason. You care about this person for some reason. Listen to them. Talk to them. Now, this isn't easy in any sense of the word. This is not easy, but it's doable. And it's our responsibility as people who want to see change in the world To let people know when they're fucking being racist pieces of shit. It's our responsibility. Now, number seven on their list was to be careful on the internet. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. No. We all know what trolls are. We all know that people get upset online. We all know that people post things to seek attention. We all know that they are posting things like MAGA or hashtag all lives matter for clickbait, for engagement on their posts, for basically attention seeking. So I decided to replace number seven with my own tip. And it is, stubbornness is the strength of the weak. Sometimes you cannot change someone no matter how much you try. However, the days of, oh well, that's just how they are, or that's what they learned growing up, are gone. I don't care who the fuck you are. I will take it upon myself to let people know when they are wrong when it comes to the mistreatment of black women, of black men and women. I just will. We've come to the point, obviously, we've been doing it wrong for years, for decades, for centuries. We've been doing this shit wrong. And people need to be held accountable 
for the bullshit that they do. Fuck that. Oh, well, they're just set in their ways. I don't give a fuck who's set in their ways. Okay, if you don't want to change, that's fine. But I'm not fucking with you. Point blank, period. And this goes to anybody, friends, family, coworkers. I just feel like it's really our jobs to let, to hold people accountable of the bullshit. I've witnessed so much growing up and I'm part of a minority group. And I've always thought to myself, imagine if black and brown people actually band together. Imagine if we actually helped uplift each other. And I know that's easier to say when you're someone who lives in New York City because we're all so much on top of one another that in a lot of the neighborhoods in New York, Black and brown children, black and brown kids, black and brown adults sometimes don't see the difference in one another because the white man in New York City treats us all the same. Now, I'm not talking about police brutality and I'm not talking about Black Lives Matter or any of that. I'm just talking about in general because clearly... There is a difference between black and brown people when it comes to those things, such as being killed by the police for, you know, absolutely nothing. (laughs) Um, So I just feel like we have to hold people accountable. As adults, we have to hold people accountable for their bullshit. So... On the note of holding people accountable, that leads us into the Are You Dead Ass segment of the show. (sighs) I'm speaking again to my Latinos, Hispanics, Latinx, anything that you describe yourself as that are living in their own personal bubbles. Like I said earlier, I will never understand the fight between black and brown communities. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I saw so many things today that really bothered me as a Hispanic woman from the Bronx. Allegedly, there is a gang of Latin Kings in Chicago who are attacking black people at stoplights and that shit blows my mind. Now I'm not from Chicago. I've never been to Chicago. I've never met any one from Chicago. But there is a little community in New York City that I want to put on blast. And truthfully, I might catch a lot of smoke off of this but I don't care. But I really need to know, Dykeman, are you dead ass? Again, I might get a lot of hate mail because of this. Remember, if you want to send anything, 
can send it to the do I look fat podcast at gmail.com. But I saw today a video on Instagram where a bodega owner was being asked about the looting that has occurred in the past couple of days. Now, guys, in no way, shape, or form am I condoning the riots or the looting or any of that violence. I'm not with it. I am against that. But what the fuck do you expect from people? Yes, there are some people who are just opportunists. And guess what? They are not all black, nor are they even part of the protests. You don't think that if you seen, if you're a thief, no matter your ethnicity, no matter your race, no matter your age, no matter your sex, no matter your anything, if you see people are rioting in the streets, right? Cops are all over the place. It's just utter chaos. Or maybe there's no cops in sight. We don't know. But if you're an opportunist and you're a thief and you're a criminal, you're going to take that chance and that opportunity to loot, to steal, to break shit down. It's just, it's bound to happen when there's chaos. But I don't think it's right to blame the black community or to blame the peaceful protesters about what's going on. This chaos didn't start from the Black community. This chaos started because the privileged white people in America have made it extremely easy for police officers, for government officials, for anyone to mistreat the Black community. That's where it stems from, people. That is why everything is happening. And this is what people aren't understanding, okay? But to get back to this video that I saw, because honestly, that wasn't even the bad part of it. Okay, people are upset about the looting. Okay, people are upset about the riots. I get it. I don't want my my neighborhood to be torn into shambles like some of the neighborhoods in the Bronx were the past couple of days. I don't want that. The part of this video that bothered me was two men, two Hispanic men were being interviewed. I want to say they were Dominican because they're from Dykeman. And anybody who doesn't know Dykeman. It is it is a community in Uptown Manhattan. It is not a section of Uptown Manhattan. It is literally one street. And the majority of the people who live there are from Dominican Republic. These two men, one of them was a black man. Now I didn't say African American. I said black. This man is a black Dominican man. And when they were discussing the looting or the riots or the things that were going on in the Bronx and all the crazy shit that they saw, not one single mention of Black Lives Matter 
or the reasons that they were actually protesting. And it really gave the impression that they didn't give a fuck about any of those causes as long as they didn't mess up my hood. And I am sick and tired of these Hispanic people living in their bubble when it comes to these causes. The fact that this man can talk about everything that's going on and if I were to, okay, I'm just going to say this. If I were to get interviewed and someone was to say to me, hey, how do you feel about the looting and the riots, this, this, that, and the third? I would say, you know what? I don't condone that shit. I think it's kind of terrible and I think we need to do better. However, I understand why it's happening. I understand why it's happening. Do you realize that we are coming off of a quarantine since March where people have been out of work? They're probably not getting all of the assistance that they were promised. They're probably not getting help. They're probably... You know, these are disenfranchised people and they are fucking upset. Do you know what it is? Like, can you even imagine how it feels to wake up every day and not know if a police officer might just be having a bad day and he might kill you? That's terrible. So as I was doing my additional research about this video, I happened to come across a lie. It happened a couple of hours ago, actually. So this is breaking news, people. Breaking news. I don't know how many of you actually are familiar with Dykeman or New York. And by the time this episode launches, I'm hoping things might be a little bit different. Hey, guys. So since the time of this recording, a lot has fucking changed. So I just wanted to jump in here real quick and just give you an update of actually what is going on with this whole Dykeman situation. Um, I recorded the night that the actual incident took place. For anybody who doesn't know, um, you can look it up. It was all over Twitter. Just look up Dykeman hashtag and I'm sure it'll come up. But I was actually recording at the time that the incident occurred. Um... And it was before I even knew the whole entire story. So I just wanted to let you know that, um, again, since then, the whole controversy occurred. You can look up on Dykeman on Twitter, and it'll show you everything. Um, but the very next day, the basically the OGs from Dykeman ended up apologizing to the kids that were involved, which I was very, I was very proud of them for doing so. I must say, um, that was a step in the right direction, even though their intentions were great. Um, and what they wanted to do was amazing. The execution and the way it was portrayed was really bad. So them acknowledging that and holding themselves accountable for their image and also, you know, holding themselves accountable for the people there who jumped to conclusions and things of that nature. It's just good that they apologized. 
it's it's it shows that we are on the side of Black Lives Matter. Am I right? So now, Dykeman, <laughs> you know, I just, I couldn't let off your neck yet. Listen, Dykeman, we know what side you're on. You chose sides. So now, act like it. Don't stay shut when things come up. Fight with what's going on. Spread awareness. Do what you what you can. And Dykeman can do a lot, honestly. And just know, we're watching you. Okay, guys, like I said, this episode is very different from what you're used to. Next week, we will be back to normal scheduled programming. I promise you. I just needed to get this off my chest. If there's anything you want to say regarding this episode, if there's anything you want to discuss with me, feel free to shoot me an email. Do I look fat podcast at gmail.com? Again, if you haven't done so already, rate, review, subscribe to my podcast. Follow me on Instagram, fine and thick pod and underscore Steffi Kiss. All of the information will be linked down below. Just stay safe, everybody. See you next week. Smooches. Black.